Good morning, I'm Byron Fayette. It is the 7th of October, 2019, and as I pour a scotch and put on a Glenn Miller record to celebrate June Allison's birthday, I note that on this day in 1763, King George III limited the land into which the colonists could expand, thinking that adding crowded conditions to already militant Americans would somehow improve our mood. Today, in 1912, the Helsinki Stock Exchange had its first transaction, and he just know that pickled fish was somehow involved in that. 1916, the most lopsided college football game in history, Georgia Tech, 222, Cumberland, 0. 1977, the fourth Soviet Constitution is adopted. Numbers 1, 2, and 3 didn't work out, but they were determined to give that communism thing one more go. 1998, Matthew Shepard, found beaten, left to die in Wyoming. More on that ahead. Birthdays today, well, you'd love to see these three splitting a cake. Oliver North, Joy Bayer, and Vladimir Putin. Also born today, the unfortunately named cricket player from Pakistan, Salmon Butt. Salmon Butt. Now, his name was not his fault, but born in 1983 today was a guy who became a rapper and gave himself the name Flying Lotus, known for such soul-stirring albums as Brain Eater and You're Dead. On the way, waiting for old rednecks to die. The year was 2000. The topic was racism and other forms of blind hatred. My conversation partner, a retired forest ranger, the location, the only place I've ever engaged in lengthy conversations, a bar somewhere in the Arklatex. The fellow's name was Norman, and his prediction was, well, it was bleak. Racism, sexism, homophobia, and general intolerance, he said, will only end when old rednecks like him died out. I'd enjoyed many conversations with Norman, and though he was rather old, he was no redneck, nor was he intolerant. I said as much to him. Norman countered that, You don't have to be hateful to contribute to hate. You just have to go along with it silently. He had, by his own admission, stood silently through the years as he witnessed others picked on by racists, bigots, homophobes. And I don't blame him for standing by silently. A white man tries to stop a black lynching in the South in the 60s, he'd be dangling from the same limb. Just as if you tried to stop a gay bashing in the 1980s, you'd be verbally and physically assaulted as soon as the openly gay fellow had been beaten senseless. And let's not equate intolerance to being just a southern thing. Plenty of racism and gay hatred was found among the auto factories and police departments of the northern states. Now, homophobia, I think, went permanently out of style today in 1998, the day Matthew Shepard, the tiny and harmless gay student from Wyoming, was found severely beaten and tied to a fence, never to recover, later to die. Even my Church of Christ Southern grandmother, whose neck was as red as any hay farmer, said that was wrong and inexcusable. It made me think such hatred could die as the premises behind it fell like rotten hickory trees against the shifting and howling winds of public opinion, but just the other day I heard a man in his 80s mouthing a conspiracy theory about Shepard, That Shepard had been a drug dealer, a prostitute, a thief, basically the old argument that he'd had it coming anyway. This from a man who teaches Sunday school, helps his neighbors, donates to charity. A redneck that has not yet died and 
who will be missed when he does, because the balance of his life is undeniably positive. Still, the old fellow reserves a bit of his heart for hatred and tries to pass it on when he can. It was encouraging to see black and white alike demanding justice for Botham Jean in the recent high-profile trial in Dallas. An innocent man had been killed, and there was no doubt, and there was no justification, and only the most fringe lunatics tried to make a case for the killer. And Jean's brother gave a lesson in forgiveness that continues to grapevine into hearts around the world. He did that by hugging the convicted murderer. He was able to forgive. The brother was. But outside a crowd formed to protest what they thought was a light sentence. They had not lost a brother. They had not lost a son. They had come out to protest. They wanted blood and said there would be no peace until they had it. And they were not old. They were not rednecks. They were people making sure that hatred would march on even when others had shown angelic degrees of magnanimity even when a great opportunity of racial atonement had presented itself. My friend Norman was wrong then and now. When haters, regardless of neck color, die, they always have reinforcements on the way. I'm Byron Fayette, reminding you to drink at home. It's cheaper, it's safer, and if I seem a tad more modeling today, it's because post-surgery I have not been drinking, which makes day-to-day events seem a lot less humorous. <laughs>